This is the Family Culture Project, episode 25, The Secret to Making Your Holidays More Meaningful, with guest Becky Kaiser. We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're here to help you live a life of purpose with the ones you love. And become the family you were meant to be. The way we celebrate the holidays shapes our family culture. The traditions and customs around birthday, Easter, Thanksgiving, and yes, even Valentine's Day creates experiences in our home that are remembered by our children years after they leave. If you're looking to approach the holidays with peace and purpose rather than the frenzy and overwhelm, you'll want to listen to this week's episode. Carl, why don't you start off with telling us what is your favorite holiday tradition, the one you loved the most when you were growing up? I I would say definitely, hands down, it's Christmas because I think the trains stick out the most to me, meaning it's the decoration of the tree, but it's really kind of the trains and all of the little villages and all of the little cars and trucks and objects that we put underneath the tree that we would get to play with and around the tree was was, um, always my favorite time of year. The other thing that I remember about Christmas that I thought was super cool is these things that you, I don't really think you see them anymore, but there used to be these decals that you could put on your windows that never stuck there. Mm-hmm. They stuck there forever, but but they never made your windows mess. Like they weren't sticky, like you could easily take them off at the mm-hmm. end of the season. Mm-hmm. And then you could always put these cool scenes with Santa Claus and, and Frosty the Snowman and and, and we would always decorate the windows and, and the mirrors inside the house with those as well. I always thought that, that was, those, those were cool. Mm-hmm. You don't really see them around anymore, but I always, I always have a good memory of, of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember my mom would decorate for the holidays with those cardboard like cutouts along the same lines like that you would just hang throughout your house and the doors and the places. And I do remember the decals. And I also remember like fake snow in the windows. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting that you should, I mean, say the decorating because I mean that is like what we look forward to. like we can wait to decorate for the upcoming holiday and I think that's something that I would love to do more of in terms of my home decor like what do I do to help us like usher in the next season and transform that like that month that's coming up I definitely you know like despite the fact that we remember the decor I don't do I don't do a lot of that that yeah, no, I think it's not only just the decor and maybe how pretty it looks, but I think it's the lights. Mm, yeah. The lights at night. You know, so I always enjoy when it's dark turning the lights on because it's those Christmas lights on the Christmas tree. It doesn't matter really what's on your Christmas tree. It's those lights. Mm-hmm. And that, and like if you have lights around the wreath or right lights down the, um, you know, the stair. On the railing, I always, I always just think that that's the best time of year. I kind of always, I, I think the great part of the time is Christmas, but it's over so quick, and then you know when it's over around New Year's, you got to take everything down, and it's kind of like oh, it's over. It that's so funny like you should say fast. quick because it, it's it's like the holiday that we anticipate for the longest. I mean, I the season of Christmas and Christmas prep and leading up to Christmas could seem so long if you're overwhelmed and busy and stressed out. It seems to be like, will this season ever end? Um, but you're right. Like, it comes in a it big and bold and then it, like, just goes away. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we did growing up, and now that you said Christmas, I'm trying to come up with a different example than Christmas, but of course my mind goes to it because it is the biggest and lengthiest um, holiday that we celebrate. But I 
would remember that we would always go to my grandparents' house to celebrate the holiday, but then there was this huge family party that always happened on Christmas Eve. And I remember parties down in the basement with family members and you could always count on the same food. We could always count on like finger jello, which was like my favorite thing. It was the only time of year we got it. And we could count on this thing called jello fluff that was like this jello cream cheese pineapple thing, which I know I see your face sounds like <laughs> I know you think it's gross. <laughs> but it was like anticipating that consistency, knowing that was the one time a year that we were gonna hang out in our family's basement. And the thing about that is that my house growing up didn't have a basement, so I thought it was the coolest thing to go to like this party that happened in the basement. You know, in my godparents' basement. All right, wow. Yes. No, it was so cool. It was like back in the 80s. And, All right, so um, you remember well, before your grandparents unfortunately passed away, we did get to go out there a little bit together and, and enjoy some of your family favorite foods, which were very interesting. I, <laughs> I think Not every, my favorite maybe, but... Every family <laughs> has favorite foods. Oh, we yeah, could totally. go on about yours yeah, if you exactly. wanted to. No, that's okay. We can skip that. So I have a question for you. You know, if we, we talk about the, the holidays that we like, so we talked a lot about the holidays that we actually like a lot. What's the most disappointing holiday for you? Well, I would say that I, so this is not answering your question directly, and I will answer your question, but one of the things that I find is I'm often disappointed when I don't prepare. When, like, celebrating that holiday is a reaction to, oh, my gosh, it's here Let's do something. We haven't done anything. So when I think of that, I think of like some of the minor holidays because I get excited about certain times of year and then I under deliver because I don't take the time to prepare. Mm. And so I would say overall holidays have the potential for me to be a disappointment. If you were to ask me what one holiday, I would say it would be birthdays because we haven't developed a consistent culture around birthdays. It's something that I've been talking about doing for years, but it's sort of like the season comes and it depends on whose birthday it is. If it's a season where we're not busy, we do it well. And then if it's just like that year that we're like flustered and we we have too many things on our plate. And I think of our daughter, our middle daughter, who it is the time of year when we are always chairing the Treps Entrepreneurship um, event. Right. And her birthday always falls during that time of year. And it's like, oh my gosh, like, should we have cupcakes? Should we do this? Should we do this? Oh my gosh, we didn't like, like there's a little bit of, um, just not much intention around it. And you're, 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 you're hitting on a good one. I actually agree with that. It's like, you know, so if we talk about the birthday highlights, taking you on your 40th birthday to Paris, that was awesome. You know, <laughs> the surprise birthday party for one of my birthdays that I would like to forget the number of. Um, but it was an awesome birthday with friends, right? But then you're right. There's so many times that we just do it kind of, you know, half-heartedly mm-hmm. because whether it's traps, it's something else, something's going on, we just can't fit it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we lose in consistent intentionality around it. Mm-hmm. Um, we always do something, but it, the level is so varied. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't create a consistent thought. So I do agree. That's something we need to work on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then and, and our guest today, Becky, she will talk about birthdays. And she will talk about actually all of the holidays um, she mentions in her book. And, and how just intention is the game changer like sitting back and saying hey what does it look like to celebrate birthdays and what is it that we want to do 
in order to make that person feel special. And that's a conversation like for us that obviously we need to have um, with our kids and say, what is it? What, what, what would make all of us happy on our birthday? Like what are the ways that we can celebrate each other and do it year after year consistently so that we can get excited about it and be anticipated for it? Yeah, and I like what she pointed out too is, and this is really, I think, most important because we all get um, influenced by the popular culture and what you see on TV is is creating, and this is really where family culture comes in strong, is, is having a realistic expectation around the holidays. Mm-hmm. Don't set yourself up for disappointment. You know, talk about what's exciting and make that thing happen, but don't have some sort of uh, um, an expectation that's so out there. She mm-hmm. said, I, um, she talked about some of the scenes you would see in a movie. Um, and, and, but, but really, what's, what's the core mm-hmm. to your family? What's enjoyable? What do you enjoy? And then mm-hmm. just doing it consistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she brings us back to like the why of why we're celebrating the holidays. She talks about especially um, the holidays that are centered around uh, religion, faith, um, Easter, Christmas, um, even some of the minor holidays. Like, why are we celebrating it? And how do we draw those things that are important about the holiday out? And we have to, you know, decide ahead of time what those are in order to be able to do that successfully. I mean, important for us is always, um, I think, living in community. Well, not I think. It's living in community and it's important for us. So it's doing the holidays with family and friends and, mm-hmm. um, and, and making sure that you're incorporating others in with mm-hmm. what you're doing and thinking of others first in, in the mm-hmm. holidays actually makes the holidays a bit more enjoyable. Oh, for sure. A lot sure. more enjoyable. Yeah. You know, you said um, family and friends. <laughs> One thing that she mentions in the interview and she goes into more in her book is family expectations, which can be incredibly tricky because all of us, we come to the table, you come to the table, I come to the table with a different experience of what the holidays were for us. And sometimes we make the assumption that we're just going to continue to do that same thing over and over again. And maybe that's not the case. And so the two, the husband and the wife, the partners need to get together and say, what does this holiday look like? But then that added layer of like what our extended family expects of us that begins to get tricky and what I love is that she does touch on that and she helps us and encourages us in what it looks like to do the holidays well despite the expectations that others put on us yeah stick to your guns I mean you know, what, what you you know stick to your guns on what what's gonna you know your family and your family's tradition and and people come along with that I mean mm-hmm. people will respect that you might get the roll of the eyes like she said here and there but you know just stick with it because mm-hmm. people come along there's things that we've done that you know my mom has rolled her eyes on and she now loves it so I mean mm-hmm. so it's it's not does your mom listen to this podcast I don't know Sorry, <laughs> <mom>. <laughs> but no but she's really embraced a lot of the yeah. new things mm-hmm. I'd say that we have probably introduced into mm-hmm. some of the family gatherings around the holidays yeah and I think when you prepare and do things with an intention then you can have the confidence to implement some things so that when you get pushback from people you can say no this is this is what's important to me and this is what's important to us and I'd love for you to come alongside that and I think the confidence comes from the preparation and I think it comes from intention hey there did you know every family is known for something what do you want your family to be known for Download our free family culture discussion sheet. In just 30 minutes, you'll explore who you are as a family and discover who you want to become together. 
Go to www.thefamilycultureproject.com and start living a life of purpose with the ones you love today. Be sure to type in the, T-H-E, familycultureproject.com for the free download. Today, I'm talking with Becky Kaiser. Becky is committed to seeing women fall in love with God's word, then feel equipped and empowered to live it out. She believes that women can experience their own wild story, just like we see in the lives of God's chosen in his word, as they love Jesus and love people. She is the founder and CEO of Sacred Holidays, a ministry dedicated to helping women find less chaos and more Jesus during the holidays, engaging them through Bible study, community, resources, and lots of fun. She is determined to help women keep all the whimsy of holidays while making them sacred, holy, and set apart. Her first book, Sacred Holidays, Less Chaos, More Jesus, released October 16th with Lifeway. She has a background in marketing ministry and is a certified Myers-Briggs life coach. And she brings each of those experiences into her writing and speaking. Becky and her husband, Chris, live in the Woodlands, Texas with their three girls. Um, I'm so glad to have you here with me today. I would love for you to share a little bit about why you founded Sacred Holidays. You know, for me, it was like most women who are listening to us today, I felt like things had just gotten a little out of hand. Like it was so crazy and so chaotic. I had this newborn baby. She's eight years old now. And, and I felt like I wanted it to mean more for her. And so like most moms, it started in that place of wanting it to be more and different for her. And then it just became this evolution. Almost, I I talk about it in my book, Sacred Holidays, of I did this social experiment of what could it look like for holidays not to to just be awesome in those three to five years that we believe in Santa and the Easter Bunny, but how can they have a deep meaning in the same whimsicalness from our childhood all throughout time? And so I I started it just by, by dipping my toe into Advent and Lynn and trying to, how can I focus my heart on it? And, and throughout that process, the Lord was like, this isn't about your kid, now my kids. It's about your heart, Becky. And how can I help engage? Like, how can the Lord engage my heart to worship him, to love him, to know him? Mm-hmm. And then his second greatest commandment, then how do I love others really well during all the holidays, not just Christmas and Easter? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love so, that. So that's like my personal journey. And then a couple of years ago, I... I felt like at the time there was just no resources, like all the like Bible study materials that were for Advent and Lent were super like liturgically based, or it was like, here's a verse and some space to journal, or it was like way out of my price range. And so (laughs) I, I just felt like the Lord was like, let's just write something. And I felt like he released me to write a few studies. And that's kind of how the ministry sacred holidays evolved of releasing Advent and Lent Bible studies. So now we have Advent and Lent Bible studies in the book. And then over the next coming year, we want to come out with free and other resources for women to help them during all the holidays, not just Christmas and Easter. Mm-hmm. So from all your experience and, and meeting these women online, I know that you have community groups and from all the feedback and, and the yeah. relationships you have, um, What's, what's the one change that you see families that they could make to celebrate the holidays in a way that matters? Okay. So I'll give you a general, general tip and then a really practical one. The first thing is give yourself realistic expectations. Like I feel like one of the best tips I was given when I had little kids is expect them to be a baby. And I remember being so 
bored by my kids when they would sleep all the time or irritated by my kids when they would cry all the time until I had a friend say, Becky, they're supposed to do this. Like, remember new mom who's lost her mind and hormonal. Yeah. They're supposed to cry eight hours a day. That's normal. And, um, so the same with the holidays, like have realistic expectation. And Kimberly, you and I were just talking before we started recording of the stage you're in now with teens and preteens and me still having, I have a three, a five and an eight year old. Um, and, and how we just have to, we have to constantly adjust and, and pivot to them. And then everything changes too, when you have in-laws in town or your parents in town or more extended family and all these parties. So I think my general tip is help, help have realistic expectations. So that's number one, um, for creating like a culture for your, for your family, um, that giving yourself grace and not having, um, comparison expectations. So I I always tell you, I was like, give yourself grace from comparing your holidays to other people. And then, and then give grace to others. So um, let's not judge other people on how they approach their holidays. Um, specifically, what are some ways that we have celebrated as a family that matters and are meaningful? And I share like so many in the book, so it's so hard to narrow it down um, to just one. But I feel like one thing that we do really, really well is at Christmas time, making it not about my kiddos, but about other people. And so mm-hmm. gifts are just a culture with Christmas. Like, so we aren't one of those families that are like, oh, no presents, they're evil, <laughs> or, or we don't want to buy into the consumerism. Yeah. So instead we teach our kids, like, how can we be generous? So instead of making their Christmas wish list, we make gift wish lists. And so mm-hmm. we list out all the people that they're going to give a gift to. And we have three girls, so that can get expensive. So they literally buy their presents for our extended family. And we both, me and my husband, both come from divorced homes. So that list is like 25 people long. (laughs) Um, So we hit up the dollar store and they each get to pick out something from, we started this every time, once they're two years old, they get to pick it out. So grandpas have had Barbie shampoo spray and um, grandfathers have had um, Chris, uh, women's crossword puzzle books. So it's just Aww. one of those things where we're helping to teach them instead of what do you want for Christmas, but what mm-hmm. can you give at Christmas time? So I think there's just small little tweaks that whatever season of life you personally are in or your kids are in that we just adjust little things to make them more meaningful mm-hmm. and less chaotic. Yeah. You know, you talked about expectations and I feel like with the holidays, there's not only the expectations we have on ourselves, but the expectation Mm -hmm. others have for us. Yes. So we talk a lot on the family culture project about, you know, creating a culture that fits for you, you deciding your values, you deciding your traditions, you deciding what you want your family to be known for. And, and, and some of our choices may not be what other people expect or especially family. It may not be the way they want us to celebrate the holiday. So what kind of encouragement can you give to parents, especially young ones, you know, um, around wanting to celebrate the holidays differently than the expectations that their family and friends. Yeah, that's, that's such a hard one. (laughs) Um, And it's a really complicated one because I think for us, like, you want so badly, whether you have kids or don't have kids, or you're an empty nester or mom with teens, you want your own family identity. Like you want your own family traditions. And at the same time, you're holding probably two different weights. One, a weight of, I do not want to do what I experienced growing up. And then the (laughs) other, right. And the other weight of, I still really love these people that I grew up with and want to honor that and want them to be a part of it. And it's an 
it's a hard tension. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would go back to what we talked about a second ago of giving yourself grace from comparison and giving others grace for how they are instead of judgment. And so when it comes to how you deal with the expectations of others, I think you would just have to kind of be a big girl about it. And sometimes you're going to have to put up some hard boundaries. So there's been some Christmases we've told, like I said, we come from divorced homes. So we have four sets of grandparents who all want to see their kids, but we also would like to see our kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we set up some really healthy boundaries at Christmas the past couple of years of, you know, like we are staying home and you are each invited and you are welcome to be here overlapping and y'all can be grownups and deal with that, you know? And so Mm -hmm. there's certain situations like that where I think we can be big kids and set boundaries, but knowing that's going to be hard. Um, I think sometimes, especially for Christians, we're afraid to offend, right? Like we're supposed to obey our parents and honor our parents. And, and there's a real big difference now as a, as adults, how you can honor those who are in your family yet still do what's best for your own family. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's choosing, like, what do we want? So that's something my husband and I have set, have set down the past couple of years. And what do we want Christmas to look like? What do we want Easter to look like? And we have gotten raised eyebrows from our parents and we have gotten pats on the back from our parents at different stages, both when they agree and when they disagree with us. And, and I think you just kind of have to find your own way with it and knowing that you might mess it up, yeah. <laughs> right? Like you might do some things that you regret doing later or that your parents internally are thinking, I told you so, mm-hmm. but they're giving you grace to figure it out. Or maybe they're not giving you grace to figure it out. They're letting <laughs> you know all along you're messing everything up. Um, but I think it's just, it's owning your own choices with the holidays mm-hmm. and not being afraid to mess things up, but to have the holiday you want to have. Mm-hmm. And I think what you said too is important, like deciding like beforehand is a yeah. big help, like getting on yes. the same page, deciding what it is that you're going to do and then doing it. And just yeah. instead of reacting to the season, instead of reacting yes. to the family members that say, do it this way or do it that yeah. way. Because so many of us want to avoid conflict because nobody, very few people enjoy conflict, right? So Mm -hmm. like none of us want to have that conflict. And Chris and I used, my husband and I, we used to kind of avoid, we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And we know everyone has different expectations and some voice that more than others. And so that was one of the things that were like, okay, we just need to call them ahead of time and say, this is how it's going to be. And we know we're like everyone's feelings are hurt at Christmas because everyone would like to spend all two weeks with us, you know, yeah. or all week with us or whatever. And, and our girls really, let's be honest, they want the to girls. spend the time with the girls. <laughs> they, they have vocal about, they don't care about us anymore. I'm half kidding, um, <laughs> but only, but only half kidding. Um, so having those hard conversations and not being afraid to have some confrontation at the beginning so that your Christmas is what you want it to be at the beginning. Like I think mm-hmm. about this is us. I think probably most of America is watching. This is us. Do you watch it, Kimberly? No, I don't. No, there's too much drama in my regular. Life. I like, <laughs> like to watch things that are not real because I just want to be taken out. You can't handle it. So there's this whole season, or they had the first season where they had this whole Thanksgiving and the wife's mom was like crazy and they hated Thanksgiving. Everyone's venting in the car and then their car breaks, breaks down and they had to have Christmas at a hotel motel and eat gas station food. And they were like this, I'm sorry, Thanksgiving. This is the best Thanksgiving ever. And so now these kids are in their thirties and they still eat food from a gas station Aww. and go to this old motel. Yeah. And so I think it's just one of those things of like, if you want it to be different, you're going to have to do something different. Yeah. And that's not going to be easy at first, but then it's going to become your favorite thing ever. Oh yeah. I mean, we, with our Easter, um, 
with family members, we don't celebrate Jesus and Easter because no, yeah. nobody else is. And yeah. so one of the things I started to do with the kids when they were little is we started celebrating a Messianic Passover Seder oh, because cool. it brought everything we believe about, you know, the lamb and the yeah. everything. It brought everything together and it was, we did it during the week and we started yes. inviting friends and oh, it just cool. became like what marked the season. It didn't wow. change Easter. It didn't yes. like offend our family because we yes. like had to make everybody pray at dinner. Like, you know what I mean? Like we didn't <laughs> yes. go into Easter saying you need to do it our way, but we found a solution that really works for us. And my yeah. kids love it. And we love yes. it. And every year we're like, what new family can we invite? And no so, um, oh, I love that. like, it's just, it's radically different from, yeah. you know, how most Christians celebrate Easter and for right. us, um, it works and we love it. That's and awesome. I think that that's, yeah, just that's like, way cool. show. maybe I'll have I to watch that show. My husband will come though. <laughs> no, be like, like, not don't. another show. <laughs> Why are you crying so much? <laughs> I, know, you know, I don't need this in my life. <laughs> yes. Um, so earlier you talked about not making the holiday all about the kids. And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, there was a season when we were just newly married that we literally didn't celebrate anything. So we didn't yeah. have to. Like we're yes. like, wait till we have kids. Like we don't yes. have to do all that. Yeah. And then of course you have the kids and you and and it becomes central. Mm -hmm. So talk yeah. to me, because this is a new idea for me. Talk to me about why that's so important. Yeah. So I I would guess you might be an exception to things of like, we don't have to, we don't want to do it. <laughs> but I think, which I think is awesome. And I love that y'all just own that. You're like, we don't really want to do it. So we're not going to do that. So I yeah. think that is really, really awesome that you chose that number one. But I think what happens for a lot of moms, whether you were, you're like, y'all were like, I guess we need to do it as something for the kids. Or mm -hmm. you're like the other extreme of like, we're going to do everything for the kids all mm -hmm. the time. It's just gotten really out of control. Right. And for Christians, if we believe like our primary call in life is to love other, to love God first, right. And mm -hmm. to love others, it, that should show up in all of our days, but it should also show up in our sacred days, like our sacred holidays, the days that are set aside already on the calendar to be special mm -hmm. that should show up there. And what I see showing up in our culture with the rise of Pinterest and, and target being so appealing all the time yep. that, that we just put all the things in the cart and we fill mm -hmm. our plates as full as possible. And that was really one of the things I shared at the beginning that inspired me to do this is I wanted it to be different for my kids. Like I, I saw, I mean, everywhere they go at Christmas time, every person, like whether it's the person at the post office or the teacher or the, this teacher or the person at the grocery store, everybody asks kids, what do you want Santa to bring you for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? I mean, my kids already, and we are really strict that they don't even make Christmas lists still because society has ingrained it within them. It is October and they're like, Hey, uh, mom, I really want this. Can we put this on our Christmas list? And I tell them, no, you don't have a Christmas list, but you can put it on your birthday list, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which isn't for another eight months to so stop. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think we've just, cre we're creating something that I think we really just don't want to create, but it's hard not to be a part of this culture that's so gift driven. That's so, okay, now I need to post what my house looks like on Instagram. So I guess I should grab this and I should grab mm -hmm. this. And it's just mm -hmm. a saying, listen, less chaos, 
more Jesus. And that doesn't mean more Jesus, like let's go crazy in the hyper-spiritual zone. It simply means let's be more about the things Jesus was about, which was loving other people really, really well, sitting around tables of community, and worshiping together, listening to teaching, mm-hmm. all those sorts of things. And when we just make it about the kids, like having this magical experience that is filled with lots of things for them, mm-hmm. I think we're teaching them the wrong thing. And I think as I talk to most moms, it's not even really what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I would encourage moms, my very first thing is stop making it all about the kids. Like just hit pause for a second. I love the advice from our flight attendants that say, put your own oxygen mask on first and then put it on your kids. To me, that's been the best motherhood spiritual advice I can have is I think oftentimes as as moms, we want so bad for our kids to get it, right? Mm-hmm. So if we're like, well, I want my kids to have a sacred holiday, then we transition it to making it all about like, I want them to know how to worship Jesus. And I want them to understand the true meaning of Christmas and Easter and all these things. And instead, I think what the father is telling us as moms, listen, mom, deep breath, put on your oxygen mask. I want you to get into my word. I want you to study it for yourself. I want you to focus on the light at Advent and the darkness at Lent and let your heart gather around that. And as that happens, it's actually going to be a lot easier for you to teach your kids the things that are true because then we're overflowing from the thing God has already imparted within us. And we're no longer creating these little robots, but we are making actual disciples. And then the spirit gets to guide us and direct us of how can we shift and change it. And when we involve that, like what I wanted for my kids is not just that they had this super religious holiday experience, because I I don't think that they would tell you that if you asked them that today, I wanted them to have a deeply meaningful thing where it wasn't just like, it's magical for these five years. We believe in Santa, but if we Mm -hmm. remove that, that from the equation, could it be possible for, from the age of three to 93, it feels magical all the time. Yeah. And it's not just like when you believe in Santa as a kid, it's magical. Oh, you have kids. Yay. Christmas is going to be awesome for you again. Now it can be magical. And then grandparents are like, oh, I can't wait to have grandkids. Cause then it's going to be exciting again. Like how mm-hmm. sad, like to me, that's yeah. just, who wants that? Who wants it to only be magical for yeah. those five years? Somebody believes in Santa. Yeah. And th- yeah, that was a great point. When I read that in the book, I, it, it was a shift for me because I also think of a, a handful of friends of mine that are becoming empty nesters and, yeah. and they're like, well, what do I do now? Like yeah. during the holidays, you know, yes. cause you kind of go through that season where the kids don't always come back or if they yeah. do, it's, you know, while they're yes. visiting 10 of their friends and, yeah. and so like, yeah, like what does the holiday mean to me Yeah, and not making it about the kids? It's so, yes. so like, yeah. As you go into those later years of parenting, I think that's so important. Yeah. It could be full circle. Everything could come. Yeah. yeah. Like oh. it's never too, it's never too late to start. And, yeah. but the point is that we start now and that's the whole hope for the ministry of regardless of what season you're in, whether you're a single, mm-hmm. a mom with littles, a mom with teens, an empty nester, a mm-hmm. super empty nester, mm-hmm. like whatever season you are in, it's never too late to start now, Yeah, but start now because you're worth it. And it's, it's worth it to start this. Like you can find your own way with the holidays being meaningful. It's not too late, whatever season you're in. Mm -hmm. So in your book, you talk about all the holidays, plus birthdays. And so, um, I love what you said about Valentine's day because I was just so like, (laughs) I'm a grown woman and I still want someone to give me Valentine's Day. And I love that you said, excuse me. I love that you said, what if we make it about other people instead of like you looking to get your affirmation and your significance from getting from someone else? And that was like, 
duh. Like, and if yeah. I make that shift with my girls and thinking specifically about my yeah. girls, but if I make that shift with them now, then they're not going to be in high school years, college years, like thinking of this as a depressing day and like a boyfriend. I mean, how right. ridiculous is that? Yeah. Um, so I just, I love that. And I, um, last year I did my first Valentine's day brunch with my so fun. Yeah. And I, and I, and so, you know, something new. Um, <clears throat> but I literally wrote out a little something that I liked about all of the girls at the table and while I was oh my for them in my life. And it was <clears throat> again, a shift of me yeah. seeing why am I waiting for someone to thank me or yeah. for me? And why am yeah. I not telling all of these wonderful women in my life how yes. important they are? Yeah. So, you know, a holiday is a perfect time to do that. Yes. Oh, mm -hmm. that is such an amazing transition. You know, I think like with the Hallmark Channel and mm -hmm. all the movies that we just, we want and expect it to go a certain way. And I feel bad for the guys too, because it just sets them up for failure. Of yeah. It is hard to pull off that. I mean, these movies happen because there's millions of dollars being thrown at them and it's scripted and there's lighting and music and all these things oh my gosh, and all, all, all that stuff. And, um, it's just not realistic to expect it to be a different way. And we set ourselves up for disappointment. And I love Kimberly where you're like, I'm just going to take this and love others really, really well. And I bet mm -hmm. if you were to go back now, I mean, February was what, eight months ago. Mm -hmm. If you were to go back and ask them, they could probably remember what you said to them because mm -hmm. something like that is so much more meaningful for most people to have a truth spoken into them because mm -hmm. we are just surrounded by lies all the time and shame, social media, all that, like, we are constantly pushed down and put down. And so for you to say, you know what, on this day when I really would love somebody to love me, <laughs> I'm going to choose to just intentionally yeah. tell you what I see in you and love about you. Oh, I love yeah. that. It's so fun. And of course they were like, are we going to do this next year? Yes. Like, and will you say more things? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Maybe I'll awesome. make everyone bring something for somebody else. Somebody else. We'll, we'll I love that. I love um, that. Yeah. So, you know, traditions are a huge part of creating family culture. So can you mm -hmm. share with us something, um, you know, from growing up that mm -hmm. you have incorporated into your life and maybe talk to a, a bit about something that you've created with your husband on purpose? Just yeah. one quick example to, to yeah. help us, you know, help our listeners reinforce that whole culture building process that comes through traditions. Yes. Yeah. So the, the, one of the things I brought in and you and I were talking about before we started recording of um, Halloween, which is such a strange one for me to like mention is the thing that I brought together because I run a sacred holidays ministry, but um, I, I wasn't raised. My parents were divorced. My mom is like, I call her kind of like a hippie um, atheist into all things mother nature, but mm -hmm. she Halloween was her favorite. So how some moms are like in their Santa's workshop elf. My mom was like, she would cackle like a witch <laughs> <laughs> on the 1st of October and go all the way through. It was her thing. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing that I brought into our holidays is a deep love and appreciation for Halloween. I didn't become a Christian until my late teens. And so when I, when I became a Christian, then I realized, I mean, so many people understandably so fear this holiday. And so because of that, they just step back from it because they want to stay in a safe bubble out of fear that they're going to step into something that they shouldn't or worship or be a part of something that, that may have dark connotations to it. And so I think the thing that I'm bringing into with my husband and that we're bringing to our kids and now we bring it to our neighborhoods, wherever we've lived is 
just this love and appreciation for for Halloween. Like right now, I'm actually looking over my front yard and we have this giant scary cat that's twice as big as me and it's moving its head around. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's letting our neighbors know we're not those weird Christians. We don't judge you for this day. We embrace this day for the whimsical and fun that it is. Mm-hmm. Because to, in our context, it's not dark. It is simply kids dressing up and having candy. And it's mm-hmm. the one time of the year as Christians, your neighbors don't just want to talk to you, but they are knocking on your door and asking for something from you. So mm-hmm. my hope for Christians is that we can take our fear to the Lord with this day and say, let me be a light in the darkness this day. Let me love others well on this day. So that's the thing that I brought with me that we can thank my mom for. Um, <laughs> and the thing that we've started is it's so much like your Kimberly, the Galentine's Day thing that you did. Mm-hmm. We do it on birthdays. And so we do it for our kids, but now it's Anytime we're with friends, we'll do it or we'll do a little video and text it to people. So on our people's birthdays, we invite everyone over. So even our kids for their second and third year year old birthdays, we, whoever is there, even children, we say, let's all share one thing we really love about this person that we see in them, that we appreciate in them, or that we hope for them in this next year. Mm -hmm. And we often record it. It's just such a treasure to get to speak that over our children and my husband and I over one another, but then to also hear what, what do their sweet little friends love about them? And, um, so that, that would be my favorite tradition we've started. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I got, I got a birthday dinner tonight, so I'm thinking I should, uh, Give it a try. You already rocked the Galentine's day. I think you got this one. (laughs) So much fun. So I want to talk just a little bit more about your book, Sacred Holidays. What okay. I loved about it, it is that it is part book. So it's like yeah. nourishing my soul, but it's also yes. part resource, which I love. Yeah. So practical. I love yeah. answering questions and thinking through answers and writing yeah. them in my book. Um, so just tell us a little bit more about how it's structured, structured mm-hmm. and how you see families using this. Yeah. So I wanted a book that I think most of us who are open to books or read books have a lot of books that we've read half of, and then they stay on our nightstand, right? Like we just have such a hard time reading them. I wanted something where we could actually do it, where it was readable. So the first two chapters are just like a, let's let's understand what sacred holidays look like. Let's look at the past, dream for the future. Like you mentioned, there's, mm-hmm. there's spots for people to journal in the book. And then the next chapter, so those just two chapters you read right away. Then there's eight holiday chapters that you read 30 to 60 days to the holiday to prepare your heart for that coming holiday. So I give you some background on it. So if you're Mm -hmm. curious about like, what is the history of Halloween and all the other holidays, we, we help inform you on that. And then I give you tips and resources and all kinds of things, ideas, like just think Pinterest, but all the best ideas in one So you don't have to like scroll and scroll for hours. (laughs) And then there's journaling spots, just like you mentioned too, for every holiday. So you can include in there, what is something I want to try? What are things I've heard from other people? What are things I've tried and did not like and want to make sure I don't do next year? Mm -hmm. All those things, because we encourage you in the book too, those first two chapters, let's take baby steps. Like I think sometimes we want to um, go crazy as we jump into the holidays and I'm going to do all the things. And then like our New Year's goals, we've stopped by the fourth because it's just too much, you know? And so let's baby step into the holiday. And by making this a resource and putting your ideas in as you go, it is a resource for you. And then we wrap up the book with six common struggles. So things like realistic expectations and planning and budget and all the feels and a few other chapters where you can, again, get to journal through those processes. So our hope was that it would like you said, be more of a resource than a book. I envision it 
um, to be like our grandmother's recipe cards. Like a lot of us have seen or have in our possession, our grandmother's, our great grandmother's recipe cards where it's handwritten in that beautiful old cursive Mm -hmm. and they're treasures to us. And so I see these books being that where, you know, like when I'm writing in this, I'm thinking, I'm going to one day get a copy for my girls and write all the things I had, or they're going to hold my copy of sacred holidays and they're going to fight over this more than whatever little we have left in our bank account. Whatever yeah, we have. Yeah, right? Because these are the sacred traditions. These are the things that worked and didn't work. And so, um, that's, that's my hope and dream for this, that this is that resource that you don't just read once and put on a shelf, but that you pull it out again and again and again. And you just, mm-hmm. it gets better with time because you're going to be adding things and taking things away and it will become yours. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much thank for being you. with us and telling us all about your book and about sacred holidays. Thank you so much for having me. The book Sacred Holidays is available wherever books are sold. You can find Becky at BeckyKaiser.com. She's also on Instagram and Facebook as Becky Kaiser. Check out the Sacred Holidays website at SacredHolidays.com. There you will find books and stories that will bring you more Jesus, community groups of others that are celebrating their holidays with intention, as well as resources that will help equip you for the holidays big and small. You can follow them on Instagram and Facebook as Sacred Holidays. We'll link to all of this in the show notes. If you've been enjoying the show, we'd like to ask you for a favor. Would you be willing to leave a short review in iTunes? We're passionate about helping families thrive and reviews help families find us. We really appreciate your support. Remember, family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose. To learn more about the Family Culture Project, go to thefamilycultureproject.com.